0: To your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Queen City Improvement Bureau draft reports, make recommendations, and keep themselves hydrated by collecting moisture from the condensation of pipes. One day, maybe, they'll escape the sub-sub-basement beneath Regina City Hall, but until then, this city isn't going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session.
1: Hey Oh, hey How are you doing? So good Are you? I'm glad to hear that Yeah, no Is it the season?
0: Things are looking up Looking up? Yeah How are they looking up? I'm, well, I was trying to, like, uh, get rid of a spot on the ceiling because it was leaking And I actually punched a hole through the ceiling Sweet I know What is up there? Um, faint noises, dim light Oh really? Oh uh, it's like the most it might even be like reflected sunlight from somewhere. <gasps>
1: Ooh Yeah, I, I know. It's the only sunlight I've seen for a while. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's reflected sunlight. You know what they say? You can't get a sunburn from it.
0: That's what they say. Yeah. You cannot yes. But you can get a healthy tan. You can. You can well really? I mean I've I've been I've also some spray tan, so oh, that's that's, it. that's why I got yeah. like this tan.
1: Yeah. I just have a brown highlighter. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think the same thing. I just uh I just aerosolize my brown highlighter. Nice. Yeah. So, hmm. should we should we meet? we should have a meeting. Let's have a meeting. Let's yeah. have a meeting. Uh, okay, first up on uh, the meeting uh, the agenda? The agenda? Okay. Should we take attendance? Yeah. Okay. Uh first attendee, uh Lappendusi. <laughs> Lappendusi? Is that what it sounds like? Yep. Actually, Lapindushi, you're my hero. You remember that phrase?
1: Yeah, do I ever. That's
0: what all the kids used to say back in the 90s. Yeah. But that was before the scandals involving the monarchy, the drugs, the fake mustaches. Uh, so, and that, after that, it was all, Lapindushi, you're the worst. Yeah. And
1: uh, If only they could have come up with something, you know. Better, or, yes. Better I
0: know. Better. Uh, but eventually, tormented by his past... Lappendouche went into hiding and changed his name to Paul Duchenne (gasps) that's me you found out my secret (laughs) yes anyway so I'm so glad you're here I won't
1: I'm totally here please let's not talk about the scandals
0: I I, uh, I
1: I'm here to talk about you know planning issues I, and variances and discretionary uses.
0: I resolve never to refer to this ever again. Thanks. Okay, um, I appreciate that. So yeah, of course. Uh, and, anything for anything for a coworker. Uh, okay, so we've got you're here and uh, Goran Danima. Goran Danima. Five out of ten Croatians owe their lives, they say, to Goran Danima.
1: Yeah, he's on a stamp,
0: isn't he? Uh yeah. He was credited yeah. with building uh, an entire, um, like, a really nice wooden fence yeah. around the entirety of Croatia, thereby defining its borders. Right. And being, like, the known as the founder of Croatia because he built this lovely wooden fence. Not like a wall, just like a nice little picket fence. Yeah. In and in the old
1: country, they make a good fence.
0: They make a they make a really sturdy fence and a very decorate nice decorative fence mm-hmm. And the entire country. Pitched in and painted it taupe. Well, you know,
1: was it like an off tint that they got it like a used paint
0: store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they they wanted like a nice um sort of like uh, off white. Sure. Like an ecru or an HL. Yeah. But they but they got a discount on taupe and they used so much taupe that they depleted the world's tope supply for like 10 years. Really? Yeah. Huh. It well it takes time to generate tope apparently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um mine is straight from the toposphere. That's what we should be doing. <laughs>
0: That's right. As I say, cut out the middleman. Yeah, just straight from the troposphere.
1: because yeah. you know now we have like such a surplus in the Queen City. It's it's, it's time so much tope.
0: It's time we painted our fences taupe again. Yeah. Make make Croatia tope again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and solve our tope glut problems. Um, I don't see him.
1: No. We should really do it. We should we should spend a whole day talking about tope. And you know right, it's related. Like, the other related neutrals like beige,
0: beige, yeah, yep. and salmon, salmon, like salmon color. Do you think that's
1: a, ne- a neutral? Yeah. I, I would. I think that's like officially like tipping into color territory.
0: Yeah, it's a little daring, but I mean yeah. that's for. I mean that's for like the the hip neighborhoods. Yeah. Like. um.
1: I tried wearing a salmon tie to work once, and you just mm-hmm. you called me names.
0: I I did. You did. Yeah, I'm I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I oh wait, no, that wasn't a salmon tie. That was my lunch,
0: oh. my smoked
1: salmon uh, bagel
0: Right. that I dropped right. on
1: my on my shirt.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was That's, that was fair to make. That. I remember. I remember for like the next week, I just kept on calling you, Mr. Tasty Shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, we'll never get a tasty shirt like that again. Never, never. again. Never. I come, well, I'm still. I don't know where you got that smoked salmon from. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think it was from another hole in the ceiling
0: Ah, nice If it weren't for holes in the ceiling, we'd never get anything at all No Mm -hmm. Anyway um, Just hold on a sec here You know what? Um, I think I mixed up the letters in Goran Danima's name No Yeah, no, that's true Um, Oh, Aidan Morgan
1: That's actually you
0: That is actually me
1: Yeah. A, A renowned expert on taupe and beige
0: Yes, it's true yeah. That's uh, that's the like, link. That's yeah. probably why I got That's confused. probably why I got it. That's yeah. Dope. All right. So isotope. We...
1: <laughs> huh? <laughs> that is going on a shirt. A tasty, <laughs> tasty shirt. <laughs> All right. So we've got an agenda.
0: Yeah. yeah. The liberal agenda.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, this liberal agenda has on it art. No big surprise of, of there. Of
0: course, without art. Yeah. Uh,
1: there is a uh, a new exhibit coming up at the Dunlop Art Gallery. And I couldn't escape, the, I don't know about you, but I couldn't get out of the basement this week. Too much work. I yeah. was buried under, literally buried under...
0: Yeah, work. I know. Well, I was yeah. trying to fix the printer, so...
1: Yeah, and it just started shooting out all of that paper, and I got tangled up in it. And I know,
0: and yeah. I was like, sweet, an entire mattress worth of paper, and I curled up and fell asleep. Yeah. And then I woke up days later. Yeah.
1: Fortunately, we had uh, somebody else uh, who was able to, like, do this interview for us with uh, Francis Kurt- Francis, sorry, Kürtenbach uh, from the Dunlop Gallery about the new exhibit.
0: Fantas Kürtenbach. <laughs> Fantas Kürtenbach.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, I thought I would play that interview because I I got sent the tape over uh, here and, and play that now. About time. All right, here we go. That?
2: <laughs> Funny that you say that. <laughs> Can you tell what this one
3: is?
2: No, I can't tell. Yeah. It's upside down. Is it an upside down cup? Close, yeah. yeah. It's an upside down ice cream cone. <laughs> to commemorate the Dairy Queen in Esteban.
3: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Hi, I'm a typical 12-year-old girl, and I'm here with... Who am
2: I with? Frances Curtinback. I'm the project manager for the Dunlop Art Gallery.
3: Hi, Frances. So what is the Saskatchewan
2: Roadside Attraction? It is an exhibition that's going to be taking place across Saskatchewan. It takes place at multiple towns, communities, public libraries, galleries, museums, all over the place, and a lot of the sculptures will be outside.
3: When I think of roadside attractions, I think of the local museums my parents take us to on road trips. This isn't going to be educational, is it? Uh, yes and no. It kind of The
2: artists were asked to respond to the community and the history of the community. So they had to do the research and the educational bit. and what they are producing is something to visually commemorate the history they looked into. So it, it's sort of educational, but it's also aesthetically pleasing.
3: My parents also make us go to see giant things on road trips, like Angry Combine and Bigger, or the Easter Egg in Biggerville. What's the biggest thing in the roadside attractions? Oh, that's a good question. Oh,
2: I'm not even sure what the biggest art piece would be, because a lot of them I haven't seen in person myself yet, but I plan on it very soon. Um, off the top of my head, I would say probably Alice in Norleans piece. is the giant ice cream cone, and it's
3: like... If she stretches her arms out wide, it's like it extends to twice her length. I think. Who are some of the artists you're personally excited to have in the show?
2: Um, actually, again, Alice and Orlean because uh, my uncle is very close friends with her, and I've heard about her my entire life, and heard about all of her art pieces. And apparently, she has a lot of cats, which personally I enjoy and uh yeah when i started this job i saw the name and i just never put the connection together so uh, now i'm excited to go see your artwork because i'm like i know so much about this person and i yeah
3: how would you describe their work Allison's.
2: Allison's work specifically um it's very whimsical it's like i'm not entirely sure what the material is off the top of my head but it's uh It doesn't look exactly like an ice cream cone. It's not completely realistic. It's kind of just an artistic take on it. And it's very, um, like, there's so many, like, curls and loops that are put into the sculpture that it's just kind of, it kind of reminds me of a cloud. It's so magical when I look at it.
3: When I first saw it, I thought it was actually, like, a cloud or some wind under something. Yeah, yeah. What other kind of things can people find in the roadside attractions?
2: Uh, there's lots of different interpretations, there's like we looked at Babak's piece earlier and he is installing literally a giant roadside sign and uh, other artists have Lego sculptures and some people are doing very tiny installations like the ceramic mugs that Divi is doing and people are putting up, um, oh, what are they called, like window clings, like the, the stickers that go in windows and what else is there there's so many projects there's at least 21 projects in this exhibition
3: are the artists
2: all from saskatchewan no no they're all over canada actually like some are from like newfoundland montreal there's a couple who are based in saskatchewan but not from saskatchewan and some people are from saskatchewan but no longer based in saskatchewan so it's just all over the country
3: where can people go to see the roadside attractions
2: We actually have a map on our website available so that people can plan out a road trip, but it goes as far south as Weyburn, I think, is the southernmost location, and the northernmost location goes all the way up to Cumberland House, which is, like, northeastern Saskatchewan. But there's Saskatoon, Prince Albert, Yorkton, Estevan, Birch Hills, Momart, and there's a couple in Regina. there's a few more locations i'm forgetting moose draw yeah they're all on the website too listed alphabetically if you want to know all the locations specifically but
3: um can you say what
2: the website is like how do you get there oh yeah the website is www.skroadsideattractions.com how have the host communities responded to these artworks very well a lot of the communities are very excited to be a part of um like a project that looks at the history and is moving towards the future of all the communities as well. And the pieces themselves respond to the individual communities. So it's very it's something that the communities have been wearing with pride and they've been very fun to work with. When um Katrina and my coworker, we went up to Momart to install one of the pieces and The site partners that we had been working with were right there and when we needed a couple extra hands they like brought half the town in to help us and they're so excited to work with us and so excited to be a part of it so it's it's been a really good adventure
3: do you know if there are people who are planning to drive the entire route i know that i am i
2: don't know if i'll be able to get around to it but I, i know that i want to and I've had a couple of um, curators from local galleries email me and ask me to send them the, the map ahead of time so that they could travel the route. Did you do all the installations? No, I did not. That would have been a crazy time if I had. Uh, so far, we've only done, like myself and Katrina, we've only done two or three installations. But um, out of the 21 artists, only nine of them are curated by the Dunlop Art Gallery and the rest are partner galleries so the partner galleries curated all the other artists and it they were the ones who got the installation team and put everything together for those artists but for us we were only responsible for the nine and a lot of them set up their their work themselves and a cuisine set up his in Fort Quapelva on his own I think with his partner and Divya drove all the way from Oh, I don't even know. Winnipeg, I think. Just to deliver the monks herself. So,
3: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. What are the names of some of the other partner galleries? Well, we do have them all
2: listed on the website as well, but some of them are the AKA Gallery in Saskatoon, Allen Sapp, Art Gallery of Regina, Dunlop in Regina, Sivan Art Gallery, Godfrey Dean, Mann Art Gallery, Moose Jaw Museum and Art Gallery, Paved Arts, and Sakaway Walk, although their artist is going to be exhibiting their work in Saskatoon now and not at that art gallery, so.
3: I hear there's also a podcast. What's it about?
2: The podcast was really interesting, actually. It because uh, the exhibition itself focuses on Canadian artists, but the podcast is a little more local. So it's we reached out to Saskatchewan-based uh, musicians and authors and interviewed them on just like how the community affected the way they write their music or their books or how they. Like, if they write about the community, then why? Why do they like writing about it? So, it it just focused more on, like, a little spotlight in Saskatchewan.
3: Why did Dunlop go with a podcast instead of a mixtape of Saskatchewan music? Uh, I think with the podcast, it provided
2: more of an opportunity to get to know the people more. Because if you listen to their music, you, I mean, it's still showing appreciation. It's so wonderful but uh you don't really get to know the musicians or the authors personally and through the podcast we got to look more into like their perspective and their paradigm and to understand where they're coming from when they write the music or write their books like the the music and the the books are like the the aftermath of everything that they are is what they create so getting to know them personally was quite a treat
3: I'm a kid. When my family is on a long drive, I don't get control of the radio. (laughs) Now, I think I might like this podcast, but a lot of my peers won't. Did you think of the kids in the back seat when you made the podcast? That's a good question.
2: I don't really know if I planned for that or if I thought of that when initially putting it together. I was just thinking, like, the community in general. And everyone that makes up that community, because there's there's some interesting music that I think all ages could listen to. Specifically, I think the uh, the Wolf Band is one of the bands that we interviewed, and their music targets a younger audience. Their their music tackles more like growing up. So there's definitely a range. And then there's there's authors who write about what it's like to live in their old age, and then there's authors who write about their their adolescence. So it the content definitely has a range but when i was making the list of people or like researching authors and musicians and what have you for the podcast i don't think i had any age group in mind at all i was just kind of going for it all
3: what inspired the idea for the roadside attractions that's a good question roadside attractions is um it speaks
2: to the the lifestyle of saskatchewan If you've ever traveled outside of Saskatchewan or south or personally, I've traveled to Japan and the communities are just so closely knit. So if you drive for 20 minutes, you're in another city already. But in Saskatchewan, if you drive for 20 minutes, you're probably just outside of the city and in the middle of a field. Like There's so many communities, but compared to so many other places, we actually have way less communities because we're so dispersed across the the prairies so roadside attractions is about the lifestyle in which you have to drive to get places you really have to drive i can drive for nine hours and i'll just be reaching edmonton like that's crazy to me so the the point of the exhibition is to draw the communities closer because geographically we are far apart and dispersed, but uh, all the communities have so much more in common, yet we're all so diverse from each other. So the exhibition really focuses on sort of like creating like a connecting web from community to community.
3: Is the idea original
2: with the Dunlop? Yes, yeah. The, as far as I know, it was the initial, um, what was the word, proposal was written up by Jennifer Matatek, the director and curator of the Dunlop Art Gallery, and it was presented to uh, the Canada Council of the Arts, or for the Arts, and they liked our idea. So, we were chosen among, I think, 200, 200 other projects to, to, for, for a grant to put towards this project to make it happen, which was quite the honour.
3: Why is the Dunlop taking on a project that spans the entire province? I don't know. That's a good question. I've never asked Jen, like, hey,
2: why are we going so big with this one? But I think it's uh, the nature of the project. It would be not inappropriate, but uh, like having a widespread exhibition for the nature of the exhibition and the purpose of it and the reason it came to be, it it wouldn't be suitable if it was a smaller community. Like, if it was just Regina and Moose Jaw and Momar, like, the communities that are just maybe an hour out from Regina, it it wouldn't be widespread enough to properly attribute to the communities.
3: Is the Dunlop going to be doing more of these projects that escapes the gallery? I don't know yet. I actually don't know. I've just been
2: so focused on roadside attractions that I haven't had much time to look ahead at the upcoming exhibitions. I am assuming yes. Yes, because it's been such a, such a wonderful opportunity to work with all these other communities and they've been so willing to work with us that I think it's opened up a lot of doors to take on more projects of this nature that expand beyond the gallery walls.
3: Riverside Attractions goes from July 1st to August 31st. What happens to the art after that? This part is interesting because
2: uh, artists have been asked if they would like their pieces returned to them or if they'd like them donated and if they said that yes we would like to donate the artwork then we ask the site partners if they'd like to keep it and in almost every instance the community has said yes we want to keep the art so the artwork becomes a permanent installation in the community and if not then we get shipped back to the artist and then they get to display it somewhere else and spread the history which is also still a really cool concept may i ask you one more time where i find information on the web yeah, of course. It's uh, www.SKRoadSideAttractions.com. And we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well where we post um, either images or videos of installations or people will be traveling and taking photographs of the installations and posting it to that page themselves. So,
1: All right. So that was uh, an interview with uh, Francis Curtinbeck from uh, the project coordinator at the Dunlop Art Gallery about the roadside attraction. At the
0: Regina Public Library.
1: At the library. Yeah. And we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio.
0: Heck yes, we are.
1: So thanks to the typical 12-year-old girl for for pinch-hitting for us since we couldn't make it out to the interview.
0: For being a typical twelve year old girl she 's certainly doing some extraordinary stuff <laughs> yep <laughs> going to the library <laughs> talking to the art folk yeah uh,
1: so anyways, um, I guess we have to move on to the next item on our agenda
0: i guess I guess we do yeah, which I mean, is I, I want to stick with. You know what we got but we you have to move forward
1: we always have to go forward yes right because we don't no moss grows on the queen city improvement bureau no no uh yeah we are uh moving on to innovative revenue tools um you've heard of them i'm sure you
0: have um and yeah yeah i did uh, we've done a couple of we these d- we discussed it at a meeting i think yeah yeah
1: yep. and it's yeah. been on the agenda like it was it, it's been in the slack channel for for days we were talking about this
0: I, I didn't understand what slack meant I thought when you I said mean... we got slack that we didn't have to look at slack because you could just slack off oh, good. slack
1: oh good because I didn't know what it was either okay so I just knew that I had to mention it um, oh
0: yeah. Okay. So, Phew. if somebody, if somebody who listens to our meetings could tell us what Slack is, um, because we thought the whole point obviously was not to look at it, whatever it mm-hmm. might be, that would be great if you could let us know. Thanks. So, what's our what's our innovative revenue tool? Okay, so, innovative
1: tools? revenue tools are tools that are innovative that generate revenue for the city. I know so that. We can, oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> so you don't need a Slack channel.
0: No. All
1: right. Um, well, anyways, uh, it's you know summertime. People are out walking around, seeing things. Uh, one of the things I've heard reports about are these little libraries have popped up all over the town. Yeah. So people will put up like a box on their lawn with books in it that you can like take out and return right. like a little library. Finally cutting up the scourge of librarians. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a DIY uh, library and they're all over the city now like a scourge they have popped up like like scabies (laughs) like scabies but with but for books yep scabies for books reading scabies yeah yeah but you see they're they're popping up on the lawns of houses and uh, people don't seem to realize that um, they're not a permitted use in residential neighborhoods except in transitional area residential Mm. which most people are not living usually they're living in like RA 1 2 3 or 4 But, you know, you can't have a library in a residential area. Right. So, these are all, uh, they're currently, these are legally non-conforming uses in these residential areas.
0: So, presumably libraries grow, like, from trees and then they drop to the ground and these miniature things sprout up? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay.
1: Yep. But unfortunately, they're not zoned for that. Right. And so we're not, you know, collecting taxes or and they're you know they're not paying into you know the coffers so that we can you know, provide the servicing to these little libraries that they Ooh. would you know that every library would expect so um yeah you'd think we could just like charge yeah we could just charge a fee for your little library like a library agreement fee or something like yeah, that yeah. but no you have to like zone you have to like handle the zoning so i'm thinking what we have to do is we have to change the zoning uh, of these residential areas to a zoning that these libraries would be allowed in so that would leave us with local commercial main street mixed street residential or major arterial commercial downtown institutional or public service zoning but you know none of those are like we want to like maximize the amount of revenue we can get off this zoning change right. so i want to suggest that we start changing every lot that has a little library on it we change it to designated shopping center sweet and then Big box stores are permitted use. Right. And parking lots. Huh. And so we can just like bulldoze great swaths of cathedrals so that there's more parking for rider games. Perfect. And we could finally get an Ikea.
0: <laughs> finally. And Ch- change the zoning to own the Libs. Exactly. As in, in this case, Libs is libraries.
1: Right. Yeah. And, just, and then from that point on, it's
0: just revenue. Just co- coming on in revenue and cheap Swedish furniture. Yep nice okay so that's the plan good plan thanks okay but
1: if that doesn't catch on we have a few more ideas coming up hi i'm local blogger kenton DeYoung. did you know in 1913 the grand trunk pacific railway began construction of the chateau Copel, a luxury hotel that was to be 10 stories tall world war one broke out a year later and due to a labor and material shortage the project was halted grand trunk later go bankrupt and the building was left incomplete the Royal Saskatchewan Museum now sits on the former site of the Chateau Coppel. The museum is angled because it would be much easier to use the foundation built for the hotel than to dig it up and start all over again. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, kentanddeong.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're back from innovative revenue tools and a Regina fact.
0: Very nice,
1: Kenton DeYoung.
0: I'm so glad that we got another fact from Kenton DeYoung, which means it's time for a Kenton Dion fact. Oh, hit me. Well, have you ever noticed that Kenton DeYoung and the Canadian involvement in the in the Korean War are never in the same room together? I had not noticed that. No. Yeah, and people think it's coincidence. It isn't. Do tell. Kenton DeYoung is the Canadian involvement in the Korean War. Wow. Yep. So necessary mean- at the time, and maybe a little shameful, but you know, and but needs to be recognized by the government properly.
1: It's true. Yeah. So do you mean he was our involvement in the Korean War as though he were like a figure in a in a political cartoon? So <laughs> Kenton, Kenton stands there that's and he right. has like our involvement in the Korean War <laughs> yeah. written yeah. down the side yeah. of
0: him. He's an allegorical, political cartoon figure. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. And there's a bunch of little beavers around him shaking their fists saying, get
0: out of there. Yeah, exactly. And Kenton's yeah. like, no.
1: Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. Good. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Cool. That's certainly better than what I had, whatever I was going to come up with. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we can talk to Kenton about this next week because yes. he's going to be visiting us. He's coming to another meeting.
0: Yeah, and apparently he's got, like, a lecture uh, on Spanish influenza. Uh, it's coming up on July 23rd. He wants to talk about that. Uh, that happens to be my birthday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: we'll, so. we'll try to put together some kind of cake.
0: woo yep. Cake, Cake, influenza cake.
1: Yep, influenza cake. We'll make it out of fungus.
0: Nice. Yep. What, what else have we got around here? Just fungus. <laughs> Just fungus. Yep. We, opened, we had a cake shop once called Just Fungus. Did not go well. No.
1: All right. Next up on the agenda, uh, Aiden. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you been paying attention to the internets lately?
0: All I do is pay attention to the internets lately. Uh,
1: that's why you're not in the Slack channel.
0: <laughs> that's right. I'm slacking off from Slack, whatever that is. In order to pay attention to, to the, the internets internet. yeah
1: apparently Aiden,
0: oh, there's another adverb go on yeah
1: yep there uh there are some people on the internet who are not happy with the latest installment in the Star Wars franchise
0: oh yeah, is that you're talking about solo huh huh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they seem okay with Solo.
0: That's not so bad. Yeah, people seem to be divided, but not not too upset by Solo. Yeah. Anyway.
1: but they're certainly not outraged. They're certainly not starting Twitter handles like RM The Last Jedi, because no. there are people who want to remake The Last Jedi because they consider the, the 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 Last Jedi that we have is a right. heresy to them.
0: So, but there. But now they're it's the Last Jedi. They're all out of Jedi.
1: I know, but that's why they're raising $200 million. Ooh. They're going to raise, this is what they're claiming. That they're going to raise $200 million, somehow, through magic, get the right. rights to Star Wars from Disney.
0: Uh-huh, that'll happen.
1: And remake The Last Jedi, and with $200 million, they can surely, you know, find some, like, force-awake child yeah. and train them up in Jedi skills to Hopefully. star in their movie.
0: I'm really hoping that.
1: that me too. So, um, yeah, they so they have, like, tweets out there like, our team of producers is offering to cover the budget for a remake of The Last Jedi in order to save Star Wars. And they have, like, <laughs> pledges on their website uh, up to $400 million. Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't actually mm-hmm.
1: have to, like, provide any proof that you, the money that you're pledging to this, uh, you can actually come across with it. Um, you just have to, like, provide an idea for what the new Star Wars, right. the new Last Jedi, should be like and some pledge of some number. Any number, from zero to infinity, you can pick one. And Ooh. they've put together, so they have, they've collected 400 million of these random numbers that people have, have nice. punched into a, <laughs> uh, into a website form.
0: Okay. okay, that's actually not a bad description of what was going on, okay, yeah. I love it.
1: Um, yeah, and so apparently they're like upset with, I don't know, characterization?
0: Um, well, can I uh, can, can I read their description of a hero? I'd Which love I have, to right? hear it. A hero is someone we can relate to, someone that faces obstacles and finds ways to either overcome them or cope and deal with them throughout their story. The more relatable a hero is to human nature, because we all have that, uh, the more compelling the story becomes... The, uh, the more compelling the story because people begin to see themselves in these heroes. Because when you when you're watching a movie or seeing a piece of art, ideally if you can just see yourself and not that character, that's mm-hmm. perfect. Um, this is imperative to storytelling because if you don't care about the characters, then you don't care to see where their story goes. And when we decide to edit out the human element from within the story, then the story becomes no longer compelling. That, and that's why, that's why many of us tend to point at The Last Jedi as having a bad story because the characters have lost the relatability. Right. And that's... Yeah.
1: And you think... I think what this suggests... Yeah. I think that it's a lot of dudes who are writing in about this. And I think the relatability gap
0: here... Too many women in The Last Jedi. Yeah. That's my guess. There's too many women... Um, I think, they, sorry, yeah, too many women and too many guys, not just telling the women what to do and talking at them. Yep. So sometimes they have to. Have, I, I saw the movie and I was shocked when one of the characters had to stop talking in one scene and listen to a woman who yeah. was talking to him. I actually and,
1: I saw it as what? well, and yeah. there was a scene where a guy was talking. Mm-hmm. And a woman interrupted oh, him. No, on. And he had to stop. I mean, wow. how that's like, I mean, I get that there are Wookiees and spaceships, yep, yep. so it's, there's an element of fantasy there already. Right. But, I mean, you can only stretch, you know,
0: right, exactly. our
1: ability, our capacity to accept, like, nonsense.
0: I mean, I, I think I missed that scene because I was in the lobby um, vomiting with outrage and disgust. Yeah. At at like earlier scenes, in which in which there was a a duel between uh, Ray and Luke, and and Luke fell down. Luke Luke is like an invincible hero. Yeah. And if he falls down, I thought, while well, I like Luke, I'm an invincible hero. But then he fell down. And I thought maybe I'm not an invincible hero, and I just I had to run out of the theater before that thought could sink in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, I've seen all the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and Luke is an an undefeatable hero. Also, he's so young. I don't know why they went to all that expense to age him I know. in this movie when like, he's, you know, so obviously he's in thirty? Thirty two
0: maybe? Thirty two. Yeah. So
1: why why go to all this? And then you know that he didn't break his hip when he fell down. I mean if you're gonna like you right. know, digitally age somebody. Keep
0: it keep it realistic, folks. Yeah. Yeah and you know i mean this is a movie in which people seem to cross light years in seconds but what ifs?
1: yeah yeah so what we were thinking is uh you know in the spirit of this
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, we would we would take a look at um ways to reboot sequels to like redo sequels in a way that you know saves franchises that we think um kind of stink now yeah. because because like I don't know like SJWs and stuff have come along and ruined these properties of our use exactly that we, that we value.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna own them. We're gonna mm-hmm. own those SJWs yeah. and 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 the cucks.
1: The cucks. The
0: cucks. Yeah, we're gonna own them. And yeah, uh,
1: they will be owned.
0: They will be owned. They'll be plowed. Yeah, as they say, <laughs> lead speak.
1: So um, yeah, so that's what we're doing here on the Queen City Improvement Bureau and ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Uh, do you have um? I, I've got I've got. I've got a couple of ideas. Do you have one that you want to do to start, or
0: uh, I actually, well, I was I, so inspired that what I did was I actually went ahead and remade the Last Jedi.
1: Okay, I tell you what. I'm just going to give you my pitch. Okay. for For one, and then we'll do yours, and sure. then we'll do. I've got like a, a a final pitch. Okay. Okay. So my first one is redo uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Uh huh. And you know that bit? Okay. Now there's a spoiler here, so if you haven't seen the movie that came out months ago you might want to like turn down the radio for a sec or like you know hit that like advanced 30 seconds button on your podcatcher um, so that moment when uh, Thanos n- snaps his fingers and half of the people in the universe disappear I wait a minute I think I can see where this is going all the dudes all the dudes? just all the dudes all the dudes 50% of the universe and it's just the dudes that disappear and I, I suggest this because there's two reasons for this okay. one um, it will, you know, it ups the stakes for the next movie, right? Because right. how do we get Robert Downey Jr. back into back, our movie? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so everybody's going to be like, you know, really pulling for Black Widow. And how does anybody to, to bring make, Ronny, right. Robert Downey Jr. back? Right, right. And like, how does anybody make seat?
0: any decisions at all? Because groups of women, I, I understand, just like start like turning on each other, yeah, all the time,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there could be mud wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there could. Because be. that's what, how these go. Right.
0: That's, yeah, that's women, they fight, they mud wrestle, is my understanding. Yeah, we
1: don't see a lot of women in the sub-basement, no. so no, I just have to go on these like paperbacks, <laughs> these 50s paperbacks that I have about women's prisons, and <laughs> <laughs> they all end in a mud wrestling. In mud wrestling, in
0: mud wrestling yes, yeah. exactly. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 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 Okay.
1: So I'm reading one right now, it's written by Larry Hardon, <laughs> and um, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, and then the um, uh, the other reason that this would be a great move is that it would like make all the man babies cry. But I, uh, I think we should move on. I, I'd like right. to hear you've okay. you've rewritten the Last Jedi. Yeah,
0: this is a this is a full on script that I'm going to be treating you to.
1: I can't wait. I have not heard this by the way.
0: Okay, this is uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, The Jedi Remade. Okay. Okay. Scene one is uh, on the island of Chew or whatever it's called. Okay. Gesundheit. Oh. Gesundheit. thank you. Uh, Ray approaches Luke holding out his lightsaber Luke is busy punching out some porgs and he's eating them alive he don't care, he's going to eat some porgs, take that take that SJWs that's in the s- script directions here Ray holds out the lightsaber and looks meaningfully at him but doesn't make eye contact you know, politeness Luke says, my laser sword Luke tosses the remains of the porgs over his shoulder, not the lightsaber, but some porgs. Then he picks up one of the creatures and wipes off his lightsaber with it, and then he eats that pork. And Luke says, you understand, cooties. And Ray nods. She understands, even though her brain's all full of, like, girl cooties. Uh, Luke lights his saber, and then he says, time to prune the first order. For, I don't know how you say that word, but, but apparently people say it and Chewbacca who's there says "Rar" and Luke looks he glances at Rey and says "I know, right? Don't worry, Chewbacca. You don't have to deal with her anymore." And then Chewbacca and Luke leave in the Millennium Falcon and Rey stays behind with the stupid parks because she's just not relatable. Like you need relatable characters and clearly problems Rey not relatable. Okay, scene 2. It's like um it's like another Death Star, maybe? They build a new Death Star. That's highly yeah. relatable. People know about that Death Star. Only maybe it's like two-thirds built instead of half built, like Return of the Jedi. it's oh, original. G- Got to keep it. And the yeah. an exhaust port is in a different position.
1: Good. Yeah, the, I like that. Yeah,
0: and it just keep it fresh. Yeah. Okay. And so Snoke and Kylo Ren are like on this new Death Star. But maybe it's like a Death Nova Oh yeah, like that's, super. That's yeah. good. Like never mind a planet; it's a whole supernova. Uh, Kylo Ren says, "Let's go blow up a planet." Sith Lord Snoke. Not. It's we're back to Sith and like that sort good. of business. Snoke. Ha! Huh, very relatable, my young apprentice. Kylo Ren says, "Thank you, Emperor Snoke." Then the Resistance forces pour in, and they're led by Poe and then Finn. Uh, who are both relatable, and Leah's there too, but she kind of stands in the back a little bit because she's old. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see that. No. But, yeah. If we're going to see a woman in Star Wars films, they should be, like, young and sort of, like, slim.
1: 19 to 19 and maybe, a half.
0: Maybe, maybe they can be, like, like anime-like uh, girls. Right. Yeah, we'll have, like, yeah. actual, like, just animated, like, anime waifus yeah. or waifus or whatever. Um, anyway, then Poe holds up a lightsaber. He's, like, a Jedi now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Poe says, "Your time as Galactic Emperor is over, Snoke." But Snoke says, "Get ready for this." He says, "I think you mean Darth Sidious." <gasps> I know. I never would have seen yeah. that
1: twist coming.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's Snoke is Darth Sidious, like the worst of like pre not not just like really early like deep cut Star Wars. Stuff. I
1: wish I could come up with an adjective to describe how bad he is.
0: Yeah, you can't. No. He's, he's sith-licious. Yeah. Yeah. And Finn says, I knew it. And then Leah, I guess uh, she has a blaster and she shoots it around the room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because she's like a strong and relatable female character. Um, but a little hysterical. A little hysterical, yeah. But, she, yeah. So, but she's shooting, she's not hitting anything. And then Snoke. He does some force stuff. He chokes and he lightning some of the resistance fighters. It's super cool. Then he busts out a seven bladed lightsaber, like seven blades, all around. Oh yeah, I know. Super cool. Everyone's shooting at him like pew pew pew, and yeah. then but he's like swoosh swoosh swoosh, and the blaster balls just just bounce off his lightsaber because he can see it coming. And hits a bunch of good guys, and the good people die horribly. I mean, and this is it's so great when. Like, when I see, like, a fascist force bad guy, like, impose death on on the heroes of the story, I relate super Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. That's very relatable. I relate really hard on that. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, and so the good guys die, a bunch of them, because they're, I guess, losers, maybe. And then Snoke does more force stuff and lightsaber stuff, and he's owning all the cucks in the room. And then Kylo Ren says, wait, I'm good now. Because we all knew it, right? Because he yeah. was such a man-baby and you know. Yeah, when he's Han's
1: son, too. Yeah, yeah so. exactly.
0: Um, so Snoke just, like, kills like kills Kylo Ren, like, super hard. Like, he force grabs him and force kicks him, which you can see happen in Return of the Jedi. And then he force lightnings him around the room, like he's got this force lightning lasso, and he's, like, whipping Kylo Ren around. And he's just about to, like, fling him into a pit, and he goes, now I'm going to kill you and Poe and Finn and Leia and even Admiral Akbar. Because <gasps> you remember he dies in, in The Last Jedi, but not here. Uh, I'm going to kill you all, Force style. And all of a sudden, Luke's there. and He says, I don't think so. Yeah. That's good. And then Luke takes his lightsaber, and he takes Poe's lightsaber, and takes Kylo Ren's lightsaber, and takes Yoda's lightsaber, and he gets four other lightsabers, and wham, eight blades. One wow. more. One more than Snoke aka Darth Sidious and like it's one stronger. So then Luke and Snoke fight with their lightsabers and that takes up about another ninety minutes. Right? Good long drawn out lightsaber fight. And then Luke wins. Like he wins like all over Snoke. Wow. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden from behind you hear, Well done, my son, and it's Darth Vader. He's alive. No. And everybody's like Holy nerf boob! The end. God, who wouldn't want to go see the next movie? Uh, uh, exactly. I just and I pretty much wrote. I, I pretty much wrote the Last Jedi the way it should have been.
1: That's so relatable. I relate. Yeah, I, re- I relate right into a sock about
0: <laughs> <for> that one. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: That's that's fantastic. You should Thank you. You should send that in. I should to uh, RW the Last Jedi. I,
0: I, I you know I I would we'll do send it.
1: them this podcast.
0: I think I think they would appreciate it. Yeah. So.
1: That's awesome. Thank, thank you so much for th- that. I I, I, I feel I, like this is this is one of our most successful meetings ever.
0: I I agree. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, that was that was like a force success. Like if force success were a force power, and I think really that's what Star Wars is about. It's about tabulating like force powers um turning turning a like a hazy idea into just a bunch of like super cool things and venerating um like bad guys with like fascist outfits yeah yeah, that's, yeah. I think yeah that's it. I think that's you've it.
1: nailed it I think you've I think you've figured it out thanks um well I've got one more franchise oh. that I think needs fixing oh cool yeah. yeah so this is one that I think everybody in the Queen City can relate to um So, uh, we have uh, three Hill Towers in the city. We do. Hill Towers 1, Hill Tower 2. And then you'll notice that the third Hill Tower doesn't look very much like Hill Towers 1 or 2
0: at all. Hill Tower 3 ruined my childhood.
1: Yeah, it ruined my childhood as well. And I think that this is like a sequel, a sequel to the first two Hill Towers. that really needs to be revisited. Mm -hmm. And we need to come up with, um, you know, a a revision. What a lot of people don't know is that um, the original plans for hill tower three were very different from what we got they were much more like hill towers one and two
0: wow
1: but then along came city hall and their downtown neighborhood plan Mm -hmm. their master plan for the downtown and they were like oh you can't do that with this building because now uh buildings have to look different they have to have this (sighs) thing called a step back
0: it's got to be politically correct exactly
1: and it was to protect like walkers of all people so that there wouldn't be like wind blasting down off the building and like sheets of ice falling off the building and hitting the walkers uh. and so they made a whole bunch of like demands to upgrade and adjust the, the design that's very different from what the Harvard Corporation had planned in the first place
0: right, like why well, just get, out, get off their backs. Well, yeah. the Harvard Corporation they did a brilliant thing with the first two hill towers. Exactly Exactly. And so I was thinking that what we need
1: to do is we need to like get back to the original vision of the Hill Towers. And I've actually, I've written a bit of a, a script as well. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so I think I, I gave you a copy there. Um, and I'll just, I'll read the stage directions and I'll be, um, I'll be Darth Planner. Oh, nice. And then you can be Harvard executive. Ah, okay. This is, nice. this is, okay. a, this is just okay. a short okay. one little scene and it's near the end of the movie when, uh, you know, the confrontation over, the, uh, the designs for the Third Hill Tower finally come to a climax, and we can see how it turns out.
0: I'm going to enjoy this. Okay.
1: Interior. Dimly lit conference room. The decor is dated and institutional, faded 60s socialist chic. Two Queen City stormtroopers in the blue and yellow of the city flag uh, hold a cuffed Harvard executive. The Harvard executive looks heroic and defiant, but has clearly been roughed up. Looming over the Harvard executive, there is Darth Planner in his black suit and mask of smugness. Darth Planner, the municipality is not pleased. You will adjust your design so that they conform to the downtown master plan.
0: The mayor will suffer no defiance. You cannot win, Darth Planner. Hill Tower 3 will be built just as the Patriarch envisioned it. Corporate scum,
1: the old alliance of businessmen and restaurateurs is dead. You are a cog in the municipal machine. Your Patriarch's dreams will be crushed under the weight of our bureaucratic might. And then off-screen is the sound of many Y-wing construction fighters. They're Y-wings because it's like, why do we have to do what you tell us?
0: (laughs) What is that? It's the sound of unfettered commerce, Darth Planner. These noble fighters will build Hill Tower 3, and you can't stop them. Points out window. Look, the first girders are rising over the plaza as we speak. No! This urban form does not promote walkability. Curse your walkability, Planner. The downtown will be safe for motoring. Commence and freedom! Wow, that was great. And scene. And scene. I love it. Yeah. Wow.
1: So then, yeah, the hill tower goes up, and uh, I imagine it'll just be like a mirror reflection of hill tower yes. two, so that it's balanced. By the by and relatable.
0: I, I got I got Dar- I got uh, Ewan McGregor to to read that. Oh, my that was God. great. Yeah, yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah, thanks,
0: Ewan. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It's not very good, Ewan McGregor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good Ewan McGregor. It's better than I could do. Yeah, it's better than my Darth Vader. Um, but, yeah, and so I, I thought that, you know, the original plan could finally go up. And I suspect what would happen is that they would, like, build uh, headways between them so that the whole towers would spell out mm. hill. Oh. Over downtown. Sweet. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it wouldn't just, like, it would it would own the downtown. It would be like... Yes. T- no matter where you... Because be, we don't have any hills because we're on the prairies. Right. So we have to build, like, the word hill... Over our downtown.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't realize that the hills were uh are the hills alive?
1: <laughs> With the sound of music, yes. Aiden. <laughs> and they have eyes. <laughs> and they're watching everything. Yeah. <laughs> but not listening to the radio, I hope.
0: I hope so too. Because that would be uh well i I mean, they they have eyes, but maybe not ears. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh so yeah. That's it. That's that's, uh, that's how we restore we restore uh, order to uh, the hill the hill franchise.
0: I, I think I think that'll be great. Into the I galaxy. Think, I think remake <laughs> remake the uh, hill tower three. We should start that campaign going, mm-hmm. and uh, just we'll get we'll buy the rights to it. And actually, the funny thing is, I always thought the third hill tower looks a little bit like an imperial star destroyer.
1: It does a bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which I always thought was really funny. Yeah. One of the first things I thought when I saw it, i was like, that looks like an evil Star Wars ship. I wonder if that will take off someday. <laughs> Bring us all out into the galaxy. Oh,
1: hopefully. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it. That's it for our meeting. Uh, we've got nothing else. We're nothing almost else. out of time. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. We planned that out really well. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. How come our meetings never go beyond like one hour, ever?
1: Uh, because we have to get them done for when the time lock's open.
0: Right, right. Okay, glad that's cleared up. So we
1: can like, because we get like ten minutes before the, they close again. Mm-hmm. So that gives us just enough time to run up, jam a few coins, well, washers into the uh, the food vending machines. Right. And get a stale sandwich. Nice. And then run back down here, and get back to work. Yep. One day. Improving the city.
0: Please send uh, vegetables, people. We uh, we need. We need some vitamin C. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: far, the only vegetable I've had are those little bits of pickles that you get in a tuna fish sandwich.
0: Yeah, I get some. Sometimes I get like a little slice of lettuce.
1: Oh, nice. Soggy?
0: Oh, yeah, delightfully so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other way to have it?
1: (laughs) All right. So, should we call for an adjournment here? Let us call for an adjournment. All right. I will uh, second the adjournment motion. Noise thing.
0: Excellent. Okay, motion is carried. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. You can find us on Twitter at QueenCityIB or on Facebook. Also, you can find us at our website, QueenCityIB.com, or go straight to the source, cgtr.ca slash podcasts, and find us there. Also, of course, our podcast is available on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, What else? We are broadcast 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings live and rebroadcast Monday morning mornings 9 to 10 a.m. so you can catch us on the way to work if you're late for work uh let's see what else have we got um coming up next we have the nerdcore cabaret with maddie v followed by the cockpit and then a whole lot of great music to round out the evening that's it keep on improving vagina